Hey, this is Chelsea Perry. Welcome to Tame the Circus Brain. Hey, this is part three of my question and answer from my podcast crew. So here we go. Okay, what was one of the most defining moments in life? Hmm. I think one of my defining moments was when I had the co-branding opportunity with the diaper company Bomb Genius. I realized that that dream of becoming an artist was happening and that I was actually stepping into something that I had been daydreaming about since I was 16. And so it was such an exciting moment to see it actualized, like to see it go to the shelves, to to get feedback from Italy, to get people talking to me in Paris and all these people, you know, I'm signing diapers and going to the expo. It was just one of those strategic moments that I realized a dream was happening and it felt really good. And you live so many days of just buying markers and learning how to create and doing art and figuring out how to vectorize and figuring out your computer and laboring and laboring and laboring and laboring and what is it and what is it what is it not and then all of a sudden stuff surfaces and you're like it's happening there's a glimmer of hope and it's exciting and I think that was an exciting turning point to see that dream actualized and I have some other things like that where You know, I've been a songwriter for years. I really love the art and craft of writing a song. And I just remember standing in a group of people and hearing everybody sing my song. And that was another defining moment where you just you're living in private, like working, 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 reading the books, doing the drills, working on the um, gosh, it makes me want to cry. It's like laboring, laboring, laboring in private and then these little glimmers like come out and you're just like, oh my gosh, it's happening. And I've I've actually been privileged where I've gotten to hear rooms full of people sing my songs a lot. And I've actually been in other countries and heard people sing my songs. And it's like, it's very humbling. But I think that the reason it's a defining moment is because of the struggle that it takes to get there. And how many miles it takes to just get that one little nudge up on the map that you're a little step closer to something you've worked for. And it's just so exciting. Or I'll say this too, like my team, a defining moment for me. I remember this summer, my team, I was with some of my teammates and I I heard one of them say something specific that showed that he was growing. And there was a change. There was a turning point in his personhood and how he was perceiving himself in his own maturity and his own decision to grow. And even if that's not attributed to me, just watching him grow got me so excited. I start crying. Surprise, surprise. I'm, a, I'm an emotional girl. I feel, I feel deeply. And I just quietly, he didn't see me, but I listened to him saying something that showed me that he is really growing and turning and changing and And it just so deeply impacted my heart because I thought there's a glimmer of hope there. All the podcasts, all the miles, all the talks, all the fighting for people, challenging people, grow, grow, grow. Come on, come on. You can do it. You can do it. Get out of your shell. Get out of your fear. You know, you don't have to be whatever you were. You could be whatever you know you want to be. Let's keep moving forward. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, I am. I'm doing what you said. I'm I'm growing. I'm, I'm, I'm making the decisions. I'm committed to doing whatever it takes to become the best 
it just was so exciting. So those are a few. I mean, I, I definitely have had other huge moments. I'd say I've made several commitments to never quit. Like just for some reason, that movie with Tom Hanks where he's stranded on the island and he has the volleyball Wilson castaway. The movie Castaway comes to mind where he's at that crossroad. He's at a turning point and it's like, what way on the road is he going to go? And I have felt like that so many times. And the one thing that I've decided every single time. I get emotional talking about it every time that I've stood at that place has been that I'm not going to quit. And I, I think that's been the biggest message of my life so far is just that no matter what anybody else does, no matter if I get hurt, when I get hurt, no matter who drops like flies around me, so to speak, like in their own determination. I don't care what anybody does. I'm not going to quit. And there have just been so many crossroads that I've stood at and turning points. And I've just decided that I'm not going to quit and that I would do whatever it takes to pay the price for whoever was on the other side of like this conversation or of a project or even my art or all the things that I'm fighting for and mainly all the people that I'm fighting for because that's really what it all boils down to is I think my greatest purpose and service is activating and mobilizing people and getting people unstuck and catapulting people and reminding people that who you are, where you're going, you can change. It's never over. It's never too late. Get up and keep moving forward. And I think that one of the deepest decisions that I made at a young age was that I wasn't going to marry the wrong person, that I wasn't going to go down the wrong path, that I wasn't going to be motivated by the wrong things, and that any opportunity that I had where I stood in leadership, that I would honor it. And I think the deeper commitment to all those things that I'm saying is that I decided I'd never quit. So deeper than my heart, deeper than seeing a show or hearing somebody that I've created or hearing somebody sing my song in another country or watching somebody connect with an idea, I think the deepest thing that I've decided that has yielded the greatest fruit is that I would never quit. And in all the times that that has been so appealing, so many times that the like pain of fighting for something has been too great, or I felt like my life was all caught up in government red tape, you know, where you're just like, how is this going to get out of paperwork zone and into actuality? I just never used the word. I never allowed. Well, I guess I've probably said it to my closer inner circle. Like, I'm done. This is this is horrible. I'm out of here. But um, I never truly considered it as a possibility. And I think that that is something that is a gift to the people around you. It's like 
don't worry, I'm going to still be here. Wherever here is, I'm going to be here. Whew, that is deep and intimate. I wasn't expecting that. Um, but I mean, that's what this is all about. It's like, I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to hopefully compel you to go forward. That's my, that's my greatest purpose, I believe. And that's why I'm designed the way I am. And that's why I do all the things I do is that I realize that there are people on the other side of this conversation that we're in this together. And so that motivates me. Okay. <laughs> Next question. How can I be a more effective communicator? I think that's really good and a good a good question. I think communicating is all about listening and truly understanding what the person's saying and really understanding your audience. I think that's really important. And authenticity, like be who you truly are. It's amazing because I feel like my voice has become more valuable to the people that uh, listen to it based on the credibility I've earned by being honest. And so I was just coaching somebody. Uh, one of my teammates is gone on a big opportunity. And so I've been talking to him pretty consistently. And he got asked to be a, a round table, so to speak, of influencers. And so we were talking through it and he's asking for coaching before he went in. And I said, well, one of the things is do not speak in superlatives. Do not say, this is the best thing I've ever seen. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. This is my favorite. This is just gauge your words because if it's from a one to a 10, then all of your words are a one and a 10, a one and a 10. And there's no shades in your color palette. And so everybody's like, everything's red, everything's blue, everything's red, everything's blue, and there's nothing in between. So then your your words become diluted and it's watered down. So instead of being so extreme about your opinion, don't speak in superlatives. Speak with accurate boundaries that say, I really loved this specific thing. I saw this specific thing and I felt like maybe it could be improved this way. Also, don't bring up things that need to be fixed without bringing a suggestion of how they can be fixed if that's the right conversation for it. Offer a suggestion. I think if you're being asked, <laughs> unsolicited advice isn't that great. I don't give it very often. I only give it if I really, truly understand that the relationship calls for it. But it's a very rare moment. Even with my best friends, I won't give unsolicited advice or opinion unless I'm asked for it. And they know that. So they're always asking, like, tell me. But, you know, there's secret rules. People don't always want to know exactly what you really think. So how can I be a more effective communicator? I would say tell the truth, speak accurately, uh, be very authentic in who you truly are. Do not tell people what they want to hear because I believe people want to hear what you think. I don't think they want to hear, you know, what they're fishing for unless you know they really just want to hear what they want to hear. And that there are moments like that too. But I don't really placate to it very often. I don't like that. And I notice my word becomes more valuable when I stay authentic. And so the more I do that, the more rooms I'm called into, the more questions I'm asked, the higher my opinion is prioritized. And then it becomes scarier to say something. And it seems like it just keeps happening. And I guess that's a good thing, but it's also terrifying. That's why I'm really careful when I say my opinion, because people do listen. So you got to be careful with all that. How do I confront people effectively? I think that if everything you do is in love, then it can be the most effective. If you truly love the person and you want the best for them, then you can think with the end in mind. So I work really hard to not just have a conflict. I work hard to 
okay, what do I want out of this? What's the end game? I want this relationship in a healthy zone, or I want to have a really good understanding of this person, or I want, like, what is my end game? And then that is how I go about talking through a situation. And that's how I say it, because I'm not into confronting people. I'm into growing with people. And if I'm coaching somebody and I'm in a relationship with somebody that has invited me in to help them grow, then I do coach. But I say I do it in private. I don't do it publicly unless it's something that you just cannot pass up that's been done. It's so disrespectful that's in a group of people that are influential or something that you just have to go, bro, chill. That was so weird. And I've had to do that a couple times, but I do all the heavy lifting in private with that person, not humiliating them publicly because the goal is to truly bring change, not to publicly humiliate someone. I I honestly hate the immaturity and insecurity when people are trying to cut people down in front of other people. It's one of those things in my life that violates my fundamental core beliefs of who I am as a person. I just, I've been exposed to it so much in different ways. My parents are so not like this. So it shocks me when someone is like publicly humiliated and it's just from insecurity and immaturity and maybe just lack of social skills of not understanding, like, let's go offline to deal with this instead of calling people out. I've definitely done it on accident, but when people like intentionally embarrass people just so that they get ahead, I mean, come on guys, we're better than this. So I would definitely say confronting in private, you celebrate in public, you confront in private as much as possible. And be really very, very careful with your words. I'm a words person where I could read you back the words that people have spoken in my life, over my life, like a movie from when I was like 11. Like words go very, very deep into my heart. Not that that's a good thing. Like I've had to struggle with that some because you have to uproot words that you don't want to bear fruit in your life. But the ones that I believe I'd covet and nurture. So you got to be careful with that. But I'd say you love in public and you love in private, but you coach in private as much as possible. I have somebody I'm working with right now in coaching uh, who I love so much. You know, I'm coaching her because she has so much purpose and promise. She's worth the investment. And so she's asked me to coach her. I was assigned to coach her. It's part of my job to coach her, but it is such a joy to coach her because she's so teachable. And those are the people that I could go around the world with. The people that have these cocky, weird attitudes, it's like, oh my gosh, I just hate it. I hate dealing, you know, you humble yourself. You gotta, you gotta watch yourself. You gotta check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. Hey, thanks for listening. And I'll be back to talk more soon. Thank you.